Welcome to this special presentation of uh, Meditations on the Nativity. In this week between Christmas and New Year, today we will sample the entire cycle of music to do with the Nativity, which was penned by the composer Olivier Messiaen. Messiaen was a very distinctive French composer who delved into plain chant, which was the tradition of many French modern uh, composers of that time but then further added his own particular harmonic language, uh, rhythms taken from uh, Eastern influence, as well as harmonic conventions also from that area. Messiaen was one of these gifted people who was able to see color in sound. And he would often refer to the colors of stained glass when describing some of the music. So in his description about this nativity of the Lord, the nativité du Seigneur, he talks about two important things, emotion and sincerity. And so the nativity is the subject, but there are three points of view that he'd like us to keep in mind throughout, a theological one, an instrumental, and a musical one. As far as the theology is concerned, there are five main ideas. There is our predestination realized in the incarnation of the Word. There is God living in the midst of us, a God who suffers. There are the three births, as we say, eternally of the, of the Word, temporally through Christ, and spiritually as Christians. Messiaen also has a few movements which describe the various personages in the story of Christmas and which have a particular association in the poetry. The angels, the wise men, and the shepherds. So nine pieces which honor the maternity of the Blessed Virgin. From the point of view of the instrument, Messiaen uses the full tonal range of the organ. Reed sounds, foundation sounds, oftentimes set in opposition to each other, and oftentimes at great extremes of high and low pitch. So let us begin with the first movement, which is entitled La Vierge et l'Enfant, The Virgin and Child. And each of these movements is preceded by a scriptural epigram, in this case taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah and, Zachar and Zacharias. Conceived by a virgin, a child is born to us. A son has been given to us. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Here is your king humble, and with justice.
The second movement is entitled Les Bergères, The Shepherds. And the epigram comes from the uh, Gospel according to St. Luke. And seeing the child lying in the manger, the shepherds bowed, glorifying and praising God. The mood of this piece is very restful, very peaceful. We get the idea of nighttime in the twinkling of stars uh, in the way that the upper parts of the organ are used in the very beginning. But before long, Messiaen begins to pick up on what is probably uh, a general image of shepherds looking after their flocks at night. Uh, we are recalled of the Noel um, of Jouer au bois, raisonner musette. Il est né le divin enfant. In other words, he is born the holy child. Play on your oboes, play on your musettes. And so the middle section is this dialogue, it seems, between these two instruments, the musette and the oboe, one being almost a variation on the other. And this is where Messiaen also talks a lot about his colors. He's talking about uh, blue and deep reds, gold and silver. And he describes the melody of the Noel as somewhat naive, childlike almost, from the country, and on the organ using the clarinet stop and the oboe stop. And so we have a variety of different poetic meters and different colors to describe this poignant scene of shepherds at the manger.
The next movement, Des Saints Eternels, Eternal Purposes, indicates the way in which Messiaen's writing style often relates and projects a timelessness, harmonic complexities which simply exist in space and time, they don't necessarily resolve themselves or go somewhere musically, they just are. And so in this way there is a kind of a elucidation of the message, which is uh, the epigram for this movement, which is from uh, one of St. Paul's letters to the Ephesians. And in essence, it talks about how we are in God's love, predestined to be his adopted children through Jesus Christ, and to be praising and glorifying this grace, which is bestowed upon us, gifted to us. So here, you need to somehow just close your eyes, I suppose, and live into the sonorities, which at times are very thick, other times are clear. There is a melodic fragment which rises and falls, and whose contour is, is very general, it's very universal. And so through these long lines, we get this sense of the eternal.
So we come now to the fourth movement, roughly halfway through this organ symphony. And the title of this is The Word, Le Verbe. And through a combination of uh, extracts from the Psalms, from the Book of Wisdom, and the first letter, uh, sorry, the first chapter of the Gospel of St. John, we get the idea, and what for Messiaen was a crucial element of his theology, of the Word, capital W. It is, after all, what often gets read at Christmas services. In the beginning was the Word, from the uh, first chapter of John. What's also very important here is, much like Wagner, who used motifs to represent um, characters, plot lines, somewhat the same way, if I may make the comparison with the Star Wars music, you have certain themes for particular villains or particular good people. So in this way, you will become very aware after the early filigrees of sound are complete of this rather bold descending line that begins in the upper pedal and goes right to the bottom. Keep that one in mind because you're going to hear that again at the very end of this cycle. And so the piece is really in two parts. This fundamental theme, as he puts it, is this slow descent in the reed stops of the pedal. And as he calls it, it is the terrible fortissimo of the long trumpets of the judgment of St. Michael. And also certain themes that are found in the trombones in various operas of Wagner. Messiaen wants us to be aware of the fact that this descending line begins slowly, picks up momentum, and then when it comes to the conclusion of its path, slows down once more. Perhaps the incipients in heaven gathering energy until it reaches God's people on earth. The second part is a complete uh, opposite, complete contrast. And where the first part was the word, this second part for Messiaen symbolizes the words of the word. It's a very long solo on the cornesta, based on plainchant, Hindu ragas, and takes a little bit in terms of the filigree and the arabesques from the ornamented chorale preludes of Bach. Le Verbe.
The next movement, Les Enfants de Dieu, Children of God, is really quite a rambunctious couple of minutes of music. It's taken uh, from the Gospel according to St. John, and also the Gospel, or sorry, the letters to St. Paul to the Galatians. And the mashup of text has to do with the overall idea that for those who will receive the word, they will become children of children of God. And God will give them a spirit of heart of his son who cried, Father, Father. So what develops in this piece is a, a very active rhythm that's driving forward. It's a rhythm that doesn't really fall into a very regular meter, and so that further gives a sense of uh, anticipation and, and drive and, and wanting to be a part of this. Very much like children who are always full of energy and come what may, a kind of abandon. And I think this is what Messiaen is trying to get at. This whole message of Christmas and the Nativity is about approaching it from the point of view of a child. The excitement, the new beginning, all those sorts of things. Les enfants de Dieu.
come now to the sixth movement, Les Anges, or the Angels. This is the uh, second of the depictions of the characters that we talked about at the very beginning. We've met up with the shepherds. Now we get to introduce ourselves, or perhaps let the angels introduce themselves to us. And for the epigram here, Messiaen reaches into the Gospel of St. Luke. And the French is interesting. He calls it the l'armée céleste, the celestial army. We would probably translate it somewhat differently, something to the effect of the company of the heavenly host or something of that nature, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest of heavens. So in other words then, Messiaen sees this as the Gloria in excelsis movement. In the Mass, the Gloria is the second major movement after the Kyrie, and there is a lot of that talk about praising and uh, praising God in the highest. And so, primarily, this is a song of joy. And the angels who are pure spirits, invisible, incorporeal, uh, imbued with a sense of freedom and and a total, as Messiaen puts it, subtilité, subtleness, suggestion. It's essentially a two-part invention, one part in each hand. But the way that Messiaen depicts the diaphanous nature of these celestial beings, winging to and fro, up and down, sideways, forwards, is truly a remarkable thing to listen to. The rhythms are, in this case, very much Hindu rhythms, groupings together, iambic uh, precipitations. And in a sense, this is Messiaen's way of providing complete freedom to each of these, both of these lines. In very French tradition, uh, the very end of this movement is an extraordinary tour de force where almost, as it were, the entire company of heaven is of one voice, les anges.
Jésus accepte la souffrance. Jésus accepte suffering. This is always the flip side to the coin of the nativity. Yes, all lovely with angels and shepherds and a babe lying in a manger. But hanging behind this tableau is the fact that there is going to be a crucifixion and there is going to be a resurrection. And for this, Christ came into the world. And so it's extraordinary that Messiah would, in the midst of what seems to be now a bit of a role of celebration and heavenly hosts settle with this extraordinary text. It reveals the first moment, as Messiaen puts it, the first movement of the soul of Jesus at the moment of the Incarnation, that in that solemn moment, Jesus accepted the cross and all of the suffering of his life through the Passion. So that behind the angel of the Annunciation, behind the crash, there is already the cross. So we have these stark chords that begin. So there's absolutely no question what this movement means. And in the midst of these stark, almost hammer-like recitations, are these tender moments on using the string stops of the organ. It's, it's really taking us back into the Garden of Gethsemane. And within that Garden of Gethsemane, as we all know, this conflict between not what we wish to happen as humans, but what God's will is in our life. Some of those moments, not without pain and suffering. And yet at the very end, Jesus declares, not your will, not, sorry, not my will, but your will be done. And Messiah takes this as a fundamental affirmation of faith. The organ begins with these slow, and what were before very hammer-like blows, now become steps of faith, and become glorias of their own sort, finally with the fortissimo chord of C-sharp major. Jésus accepte la souffrance.
les mages, the wise men. It's as though Messiaen thought, well, maybe it's time for a little bit of a sorbet course uh, after that remarkable C-sharp major chord to now talk about and evoke the third of the characters which we spoke of at the beginning. We've had the shepherds, the angels, now the wise men. The wise men, of course, a very important part of the story, if perhaps celebrated somewhat after the actual day of Christ's birth. And it's about a star, which perhaps has even more meaning for us this year, given the year that we are living through, the planetary conjunction, which uh, is, as this recording is being made, happening this day. And it's a star which, of course, is an image of leading the wise men. It's a star which leads us. And so this particular piece is a remarkable tone poem. It evokes an image which you hear right away. The glittering of the stars, the plodding of the camels as they're making their long trek. And yet, color in the midst of it all. You'll hear it almost an unending and yet slow and methodical plodding through the desert. And then we hear right away, at a change of texture and a change of tempo, once the wise men have arrived at the manger, and then the very last chord, an eternity all of its own. Les Mages.
We come now to the final movement, Dieu parmi nous, God among us. It's very much a theme of the epiphany, God made manifest, God among us. And in this movement, Messiaen combines everything that we've heard so far. It's as though we really have to experience all of the elements of this before we get to the final toccata. It's very much an allegory to the Christian life. We can't just simply get to the resurrection. We have to go through the crucifixion. You remember that in La Verbe I talked about this theme which we would hear again. So the very first theme we hear is this descending figure, both in the manuals and then as the pedal winds down its scale. Again, the appearance of the second person of the Trinity. It's followed by a big contrast back to the strings of the organ, and this for Messiaen is a feeling of the incarnation, communion, love. And then we get into a very active third theme, <clears throat> which he labels the Magnificat, or even taken from Birdsong, which was another one of his loves. In the middle of the Birdsong, though, in the middle of the Magnificat, we get those chopping chords coming down the scale once again. All of these themes then get developed in a middle section, which then opens out into a toccata of major proportion. We hear the descending theme yet again underneath the big toccata, and it's, in Messiaen's terminology, again, a pantheon of colors, blues, reds, and all kinds of bright stained glass. At the very end, underneath the final E major chord, we get the very last evocation of the word. It truly is a tour de force, not just this last movement, but the entire organ piece. Dieu parmi nous.